You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast, is back with 30 more songs and 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 songs that explain the 90s, starting Wednesday, May 17th, on Spotify. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets, and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Baby, the East Coast Bias Boys are back. Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski. Getting you ready for a Monday of NBA playoff action. But we got to start with Sunday. And listen, it was a roller coaster ride for yours truly after really a stellar start to the NBA postseason for me. Had a rough Friday. The Knicks really let me down on Saturday. And I'm riding a roller coaster, Raheem, with your Philadelphia 76ers. They're up comfortably. They choke it away in the fourth quarter. Harden is brilliant. Embiid finds a way. And we are now even at two games apiece with the Sixers and the Boston Celtics. You are Mr. Philadelphia 76er. So kind of talk me through that wide-ranging emotion of riding that roller coaster on Sunday, my man. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of have mixed feelings. When you look at the Sixers team, it felt like through the first three quarters of the game, we were playing a pace that, allowed the Sixers to 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 win this game and, and the series as a whole. I mean, they were playing a slow-paced game, weren't allowing the Celtics to get out in transition, and it just felt like we had that game under control. But in the fourth quarter, it's just like you just saw the offense go stagnant. And, you know, James Harden, I've been saying this the whole year, he is our most important player. Joel Embiid is the best player on the team, but James Harden has to be 2,000 to 2002 Kobe Bryant. And I feel like he showed us that in game one and he showed us that in game four. So I'm a little encouraged by what I saw going forward, especially when you look at the fact that, you know, it's four games in this series. The Celtics won two games by a blowout, but in the close games where it gets tough, 
the Sixers were able to grind out wins. And you look at the Celtics, they struggle in clutch time. Uh, you look at their clutch rating in the postseason, they haven't done well. So I like what I see from the Sixers going forward. Yeah, JJ, the most interesting thing to me was the late line movement yesterday as this game came into view because the market, right at right up to game time, um, clearly took a to the took the perspective that it was a it was a 50-50 game where Boston was overvalued, everybody was willing to sit tight. And then right as you know the the game time came into view in the last 90 minutes, what'd the line go from dream? Like minus two and a half, minus to two pick all the way. Yeah, Close to, to pick them. I ended up oh, no, FanDuel would actually close that plus plus one for the Celtics. Wow, plus Celtics one. ended yeah, up being it, a dog crazy it house. Jumped the line. Well, and and I think the market properly recognized that uh, as a as a fifty fifty game. Um, you know, the, there there ought not to be uh, more than 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 a basket for any either side, and it needed to be inside of a basket, and that's ultimately what came down to it. A 50-50 game where Marcus Smart had the ball outside the three-point line with the game winner uh, at the end of his fingertips. And Dream's point is the right one. This Celtics team has all season long been messing around with its food. I know I know that that's the du jour, you know, uh, phraseology, messing around with your food. But that's who this Celtics team is. It's just simple end-of-game execution, end-of-game strategy. Coach Maz decides not to call timeout at the end of the regular uh, uh, time and not not at the end of the overtime. And Boston looked disheveled on both possessions. And it was a it was a single possession end of game. Jalen Brown made a bad decision to go double Embiid in the middle of the lane. You can't lose if Embiid makes a bucket there. You can only lose if if they if they go down and bang three. a three. Excellent point, House. Excellent point. Watching the end of that game, I'm saying, hey. Let the big man beat you there at that point. I know he's the MVP, but you can't lose on a two-point shot. You can lose on a three-point shot. Then you throw in the fact that you can't get a shot off at the at the end of the overtime session. I mean, that's just inexcusable from the Boston Celtics. And now, fellas, we're at a point in time where if you look at the series price, it's 2-2. We're heading back to Boston for game five. And yet, Huss, the Celtics are still 3-1 to favorites to go and win this series. They are minus 310 right now if you look at these series price on FanDuel. Is that overvalued? I, I don't think so. I, I think the price is right because what they've shown us through the course of this series is they lose when they beat themselves. And on balance, with two of the last three games at home in Boston, um, you know, the 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 basic implied probability of them closing this thing out. I, I think they handled their business in game five and you know, they, they, they should have won yesterday. So I, I'm not surprised to see that price. I'm not going to mess with it. You can bet these games, you know, game by game and do a little bit better value wise, but I'm not surprised that the series price is sitting where it's at. I do think it's overvalued. And look, I know the Boston Celtics have been dominant. And, you know, when you look at, you know, Embiid's record against the Celtics, I think he was, what is he, 2-10 and 10 against the Celtics in the postseason. But I'm not buying that the Celtics have a 75% chance of beating this Sixers team. I'm just not buying it at all. I mean, I have these two teams power rated pretty equally. Um, when I look at, you know, what I have, the Celtics, I have the Celtics like minus five for their home game. Um, and then I have the Celtics and Sixers pretty much a pick them for, like 
a game in Philadelphia. So I just think the Celtics are being a little bit overvalued here. The perception between these two teams is that the Celtics are a much better team. And I do think they're the deeper team, but I don't think they're seven and a half points or eight points better than the Sixers team at home. I I just, I don't believe that. And I don't believe that there's a 75% chance. I think this is more of a 60, 40 series um, than what we're seeing in the market. Well, boys, you mark this down. I'm betting the Sixers in game five house. I, I, you yeah. can tell me right now, I'm grabbing those points, locking in immediately. I know Raheem's got to make a pick tomorrow on this game. I think there's a ton of value in getting those points with the Sixers. I really do. My issue is which Harden. I mean, we, we have the running joke now with the Lakers of every other Davis. Uh, and it's, it's really been unbelievable. But which Harden? Tell me which Harden we're going to get. And, and, and tell me... What which Embiid? I mean, you know, he he came into the press conference yesterday and said that he stunk, and he told the truth. But it it's not really like it's because we have the this hobbled version of Joel Embiid. He's not in in good great health. He's not in great shape, and so you know he he's sort of lumbering along and doing the best he can. But if if you want to tell me, here's the thing: if you can tell me that James Harden's feet will touch the paint on offense. 25 times tomorrow night, then I'll jump on with you, JJ. Um, but you have to promise me that. He promised me that his feet will touch the inside of the lane 25 times when he has the ball. You know, it's amazing, House. I wish I could stink and still give you 34 and 13, man. I wish I could live in a world where I stink for him and I still go 34 and 13, man. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful world right there. All right, boys. Let's get to the nightcap from Sunday and let's give the Phoenix Suns credit where credit is due. They go and defend their home court They win game three, they win game four, and it's about the brilliance of Devin Booker. My goodness, boys, did he put on a show. And it felt like if you were watching game four on Sunday Night House, and I want to credit my buddy Alex Plavin because we're texting during the game. He's one of my Syracuse brethren. And he's like, I feel like I'm watching two-on-two NBA Jam with how this game was being played and the Phoenix two end up at the end of the day outshining the Denver big two. And now we have ourselves an even series. Are you ready house now to believe that Phoenix can go and do something that has been pretty daunting going to Denver, winning to Denver. Is this a matter of, Hey, it's been home serve home court. It's going to be that kind of series or house have the Suns found something for you to say, "Mm, maybe they're going to win this series. Yeah, I'm not ready to go there with the Suns yet. I give them all the credit in the world for winning these games the only way they can win these games, which is to outscore Denver. Great game plan by Coach Monty. And, you know, the the, the two guys, Booker and KD, were up for it. Now, I want to make sure, and the Podfather and Rosillo on the overnight pod, the Bill Simmons podcast that's up right now, absolutely gave all the flowers to Devin Booker that he deserved trying to like recognize where in the course of like the, the, the playoffs, his playoff resume, where does he sort of reside and where does he sit right now in the, in the current top 10 in the NBA, that conversation absolutely deserved for Devin Booker. Can we please talk a little bit about KD? Can we please talk a little bit about the luxury of having KD as a decoy, as a guy that's just sitting there ready to catch and shoot at any point in time? I'm happy to see this version of Devin Booker. It's the best version of Devin Booker. But can we please also recognize, as long as we're giving out these flowers, that a bouquet lands in the hands of my man KD. Can we just do that? Because 
that this this Phoenix team, all that efficiency, all that excellence, all that mid-range excellence, it comes from the greatest mid-range player in the history of the game, from my humble perspective. So I'm 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 happy to see it. It's it's been wonderful. I think Denver wins a series. It probably goes seven games, and they're going to win Game Seven in Denver. That's my my humble estimation. Well, I mean, look, when you look at Devin Booker, I mean, he's having an absolute historic postseason. Um, you know, like these arguments that you're making right now is the same argument we made against Kevin Durant when he was playing with Steph Curry. So I do think there's something to the gravity that another star player adds. But I mean, Devin Booker, it, it feels like he hasn't missed a shot since March. I mean, anytime you're scoring 37 points per game, on 70% true shooting percentage. I mean, this is just on another stratosphere. So we got to give, like, I mean, not even Kevin Durant was this good next to Steph Curry <laughs> and Klay Thompson. Um, but the one thing I want to say is that the one thing that's clear watching this series is, is that the role players are playing better at home for each team. And you look at Jamal Murray. I mean, he's spamming the pick and roll, and he, it almost feels like he's killing Denver's offense. You know, Jokic had 53 points last night, but it just feels like Jamal is not really carrying his weight in the road games. Um, and neither is Michael Porter Jr. So I think you'll see those guys play better at home. But I just don't know how much longer the Suns can keep up with this game. I mean, like you got Devin Booker, you know, shooting 70% from the field, KD going off. And they're barely winning these games. So I think the Nuggets tend to close it out in six. I actually, I played the over five and a half games. That hit yesterday. That was one of my picks for the total, um, for the hundred. But I also played the Nuggets minus one and a half games. So I think the Nuggets win the next two games. Crazy to think about Devin Booker, 14 to 18 from the field. 14 to 18 from the field. The rank gives you 11 to 19. And to Raheem's point, you get... 70 combined points from those two big dogs, and you're barely beating Denver. On a night where Denver had a lot of things going against them, and let's not lose sight uh, of Mr. Shemette, who gave them monster minutes and hit a couple of big-time, big-time, big-time threes. And, and that's the thing what you notice with these NBA playoff series house. The role players, as Raheem just pointed out, you get a different swag from them when they're on their home court as opposed to being on the road. So I am looking at Denver immediately as a circle spot in game five. I think they will be ready to go. And I think we're going to get three through eight in that rotation, stepping up in a big way. I think I'm seeing the Nuggets around four and a half for game five. I will 100% be betting the Nuggets on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I think your assessment is is dead on, uh, JJ. It's exactly... What we've seen, I think it, this this particular series, more than any of the other series um, going on right now, the the role of the the, the bench players is most prominently pronounced on, on um, you know in, in 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 the the home and home version of these things. Uh, you know the the interesting thing, and we'll get to to Knicks and Miami here in a second. Uh, it's not quite the same situation for for um, the Knicks and Miami. Well. That's a nice little transition. I should have let you be Mr. Transition, Joe House. We got two games to look forward to. A double dip on Monday night. The Warriors down two games to one. My Knickerbockers down two games to one. We'll set the stage. Two games, NBA playoffs with picks, ATS, and 100. They're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. 
Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, we got two games tonight. I am in South Florida for Nick's Heat. We have game four of the Lakers-Warriors series. Before we get the both, Raheem, I have a feeling where you're going with the 100. I think I know where really? you're going. I do. Uh, mentally, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil your party, your parade, your show. I just know I have a mental note of where Raheem is going. I will tell you what my lean on what your pick was going to be after you give it. So after you, sir. Okay, so we got two picks for today. I mean, right now we are 32 and 26 plus $192. We just, I mean, we're... Bleeding units right now. It's just not going our way. I mean, yesterday we did go, well, we went one and one. I mean, one bet isn't decided. We had Tobias Harris over 13 and a half points and he didn't take too many shots. I mean, I think he finished with nine. So that was unfortunate. But we also had Boston Celtics team total over 107 and a half. That got there. So I was happy about that. Um, but I mean, we're just uh, plus $192 right now. We got two picks for tonight. We're going to go with the New York Knicks. Miami Heat over 206 and a half. We look at game three. It was the fastest pace game of the series at 97 possessions. Um, and you look at game one, one and two, 93 and 89 possessions. The biggest thing is that I'm expecting offensive aggression. I mean, both these teams shot a series low. Knicks scored just 85 points, 1.88 points per possession. They only shot 34% from the field. And 20% from three, eight of 40 from three. If you look at the, the heat. I mean, they were 38% from the field and just seven of 32, 21% from behind the arc. So I'm expecting the shooting percentages to increase a little bit. I think you'll see a faster pace. I'm going over 206 and a half for our second pick. I think this is the one that JJ expected me to go with. If we can go, go to State Warriors money line plus 132. Got a bet on the regression from the Lakers offense. They were 15 or 31 from behind the arc. They're not a great three-point shooting team. And then they had 37 free throw attempts. I mean, that's just not going to happen again. I expect the Warriors to get a much friendlier whistle. I expect the Warriors offense to perform a lot better. 
So, I mean, the gap between these two teams, I just don't think that the Warriors are going to go down 3-1. So I'm going to back them on the money line. I'm not going to need the points at all. So uh, I am surprised, Raheem, because I thought you were going to give me Miami Heat laying the points against the New York Knickerbockers. Now, I am not surprised here on the Warriors, and we'll get to game two or game four, game two at home, game four for the Lakers and the Warriors in a second. You go with the over in the Nick Heat game, and you do think that there's, you know, you're bound to see the Knicks go put the ball in the ocean, but why are you staying away from the side in this game? That's what I'm curious to hear, because I you thought know, for I, sure you'd be, be on the you, I cannot get it. I cannot get a sense for this Knicks team in this postseason, all like it's just it's it's just a weird team for whatever reason. I actually thought they would show up in game three. Uh, you know, coming into this series, I felt like these two teams were kind of evenly matched. And it seems as though it's it's not that. But I mean, this line is still the same. I'm just I'm I'm not getting a good read on this. So I'm just gonna stay away. All right, House. Now the Knicks looked as bad as can be in game three. I mean, you want to talk about a game they were out of from Jump Street. Miami got out to the early lead. The Knicks couldn't hit a shot. Let's be honest. Miami couldn't hit a shot. Miami was terrible from three-point range, and they still go and win the game comfortably. They won by, I think, 13 or 14. They should have won by 20 to 25-plus points. My takeaway from this series is the Knicks right now are lacking in the shooting department. It's putting pressure on Brunson. It's putting pressure on Randall. And House, if those guys don't play well for the Knicks, they have no chance tonight, and they have no chance in the rest of this series because Miami is just too well-oiled the machine with the way they move the ball, with the way they get open shots, with the way they're going to shoot the three. If the Knicks are going to go and cover tonight and the Knicks are going to go and win this game outright, the Knicks need their two best players to play great. I know, simple basketball analysis, you know, basketball 101. The two best players on the team need to go and ball out tonight. End of story. Yeah, it's it's the playoffs. That's exactly what, what the right analysis. Um, the thing that's scary for the Knicks and Nick Backers is this was the Miami offense of the regular season. It was their worst performance of these playoffs thus far. And it's the version of offense that, that was sluggish and slow and not very high percentage three-point shooting. But for the Knicks, that was a... Very concerning performance. Their half-court offense is completely in disarray. And I I don't have an answer for the Knicks. Make more mid-range shots. That's the answer. But I don't... How? Who? I mean, you know, Randall uh, and Brunson do not seem to be on the same page. I'll give Coach Spo some credit for that. But I also think it's a function of, of Randall's injury the time that he's missed and, you know, these high leverage situations, I don't have a pathway for the Knicks to be successful in this series unless they shoot absolute lights out. That's why dreams pick for for the day makes them, they have to get out and run. They better get in transition to get some easy baskets because the half court is their enemy. Miami's got their number in the half court. Look at this. The Miami's bench is outscoring the Knicks bench 84 to 52 in this series thus far. I don't um, think that the Knicks have a chance unless they shoot absolute lights out. And, and what, what version of the Knicks is that? When have we seen that from the Knicks? I'm not confident. I'm not confident. We haven't seen that throughout the postseason. I mean, it looks like them and the Cavs had the worst offenses that we saw in, in 
the postseason thus far. So, um, yeah, I just didn't want to I didn't want to play aside, but I, I just felt like we would get a desperate Knicks effort. And, you know, typically we're going to get a ton of fouls at the end. So um, I, I just like the over. I, I just didn't want to play aside. Well, I'll tell you with the over, my lead in this game is that Miami's going to win again by double digits. That's that's just my gut feel. I, I feel like the Knicks with no answers from three point range quickly. You know, that was my dog in the regular season. It's been awful this postseason. Now he's hurt. So I'm not going to be surprised if we find out later today he's not playing. And House, you brought up an excellent point. The supporting cast, that was supposed to be the edge for the Knickerbockers in this series. They were supposed to be the deeper team than the Miami Heat, even though Miami was going to have the best player on the floor in Jimmy Butler. The Miami supporting cast has thoroughly whooped the Knicks supporting cast. So... A lot of troubling signs, and Raheem's going with the over. I, I would actually play the Heat. I hope I'm wrong about this one, but... JJ, I have a question for you. Yes. D- do you think we could see Fournier tonight? You know, it's funny you say that. I'm in a uh, group chat with a bunch of Nick fans that I grew up with, that I worked with in my uh, prior employer. Now they're all over the place. We're all, like, scattered throughout the business. Wanted to mention Evan Fournier, and I'm like, man, man, oh, man, oh, man. He stole $80 million from the Knicks. He was banished to the bench. You haven't seen the guy in three and a half months. How's that be a pretty bold coaching move from Tom Thibodeau? Be like, all right, big boy, you haven't played in forever. Get out there. See if you can go bang a couple of threes. You know, Duncan Robinson does that for Miami. The difference is Duncan Robinson is not making whatever Fournier is making for the New York Knicks. That would be, you want to talk about a holy shit moment. If I see Fournier on the court tonight, I mean, I think it's more likely, Raheem, we see Deuce McBride get minutes for the Knicks in the absence of Emmanuel quickly as opposed to Fournier. But when you need outside shooting, how's not the craziest idea? No, I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures and, and the Knicks are desperate. We're, we're officially at that point. I, I think, you know, Tim should, should go look all the way to the very bo- back of the bench, the bottom of the bench, put them all in, get to find out if somebody is ready to come in there and, and make a shot in rhythm. Um, the thing that the Knicks cannot do, cannot do, cannot tolerate is let Miami push them into a half-court offense situation because that is a dead loser situation, JJ. I understand that. All right, now we have the Lakers and Warriors. And Raheem, you love to mention the math problem. And I, I was referencing it on Saturday night. I was like, you know, even though I had the Lakers in game three, I'm like, they they better shoot the three. My buddy Raheem Palmer tells me all the time they got a math problem. They got a ma- it's like me <laughs> at Syracuse University. I got a math problem. I understand that. Um, is that sustainable from the Lakers? Is that a one-off with the way they shot the ball in game three? Or did you think that they can find I know you like the Warriors tonight, and I totally understand why. But for the rest of this series, do you think the Lakers can find answers from three-point range like they found in game three? I don't think it's sustainable. I mean, I think it's about as sustainable as what we see from Anthony Davis every other game. (laughs) So um, I I do think the one thing that is sustainable is that they're going to get more free throws. Um, I think we we saw that they're a team who, you know, drives to the basket. Anthony Davis can't be stopped despite the fact that he shows up every other game. So I just I just think, you know, when I look at this Warriors team, they're going to shoot a lot better than they did in game three. So um I just I I feel like these two teams are, are pretty evenly matched. So it's just like seeing one go up three one was shocking. Yeah, JJ, we have still not yet seen the Steph Curry game. 
And I thought it was going to be game three. In fact, I made a little investment on that thesis in game three. I thought game three was going to be hotly contested, that it was going to come right down to the to the wire and that we were going to just get that that step, you know, elevation that would put them o- over the top. Now it's official desperation time. We've seen this Warriors team in a situation like this so many times over the past 10 years. And the thing that I don't expect to see, even with the fouls that the Lakers are indeed going to to, to garner, is Draymond with five fouls, you know, um, basically halfway through the game, right? I, I don't think the league... You know, I'm not I'm not going to get all conspiracy theory here. I'll, I'll let some of the experts in that field like like the pod father handle it. But, you know, a 2-2 series going back to Golden State makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, a lot of money reasons. Um, and I think Golden State will be up to the up to the challenge. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm eager to take a look at the um, ref assignment. I don't think it's come out quite yet. You were recording this early Monday morning. I will take note of the ref assignment, but I think the play is what Dreams put out on the 100, which is Golden State money line. And I think the way to play this game is to take Golden State on the money line. I I don't know if you guys feel this way. I can't see Golden State losing a one or a two-point game here. To me, if Golden State loses this game, they're going to get bullied inside. The Lakers are going to have their supporting cast humming once again, and the Lakers are going to cover the number. Like, I I don't see us in a world, Raheem, where we're talking about the Golden State Warriors losing like a one or a two-point game. I really don't. And and, and I know some people are going to be like, hold on a second, JJ. Raheem, Haas, you're in a situation where you can grab points. Why wouldn't you grab the points? No, 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 no. You're playing Golden State tonight? Play them on the money line. Now, I'm going contrarian on you guys. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm taking sides against the family. I like the Lakers again tonight. I do. Wow. I, I do. And I thought for sure I'd be on Golden State in game four. Podfather drew it up. Raheem drew it up. And and listen, the play is Golden State money line if you're going to play Golden State. I just think the Lakers are winning the series. I don't see the Lakers winning a seventh game in Golden State. I, I just I, I'm, I got too much PTSD from the Warriors and their play on the road all year. The Lakers are what they can do with their size. The Lakers, to me... They, they, they got it. They got a mojo going. LeBron, guys, that was vintage throwback. Turn back the clock. LeBron James in the third quarter. I don't know. Maybe it's because his son is going to college. Maybe he's got a weight. Not that that guy's worried about weight on his shoulders. Maybe that's another weight lifted off uh, Mr. LeBron James' shoulders with Bronny going to USC. I think we're getting another monster effort from the Lakers. I don't know if Davis is going to be every other Davis the entire postseason. I think supporting cast for the Lakers shows up again. Raheem, I am going against the family. I'm taking the Lakers lane three. See, I'm not mad at it because I do like the Lakers to win this series. I just think it's going to be a longer series just because I just don't think the gap between these two teams is that far off. And I just think both of these two teams, they just play up and down. And I I just don't see one team going. It it would shock me if the Lakers went up 3-1. Um, and then, I mean, when do you see the series ending? You see it going six, six because six. Okay. And, and I'll be honest. I think the Lakers have to win it in six. I do not see the Lakers winning game seven in Golden State. I think if Steph gets to game seven and that Warrior team gets to game seven in their building, they're winning the series. That's my personal take. The, mm, the, okay. the, the thing to me is the interesting situation of the Laker role players at home in their comfort zone. 
The single biggest vulnerability of Golden State all season long has been how unreliable their depth has been. And I don't, I don't trust one guy uh, on that Warriors bench. There isn't one guy that I point to and say, yes, I know that we're going to get, you know, this, this contribution out of them. So if, if you want to tell me that the script, the pathway to the Lakers winning tonight is another one of those pool stickers, pool's been pretty good this series. I mean, he, he has. He's, he's done much better, but he still has decision making. I've been happy to see him even distribute the ball a little bit. That That's his best contribution to the Warriors, not taking 30 footers. But I, I, I'm not going to, you know, we've, we've seen enough of this Warriors team on, on the road come out dead flat. And I mean, who's going to stop Rui Hachimura? 57% from three. <laughs> Your who's going to stop Rui, JJ? Your boy. Listen, we got heads up card for the nightcap. Raheem, I'm firing that over as we speak. We'll see if the Knickerbockers can even up the series against the Miami Heat. I am not holding my breath. Fellas, we'll be back Wednesday morning. We will have all the recap, Knicks Heat, Lakers Warriors, the two games on Tuesday. We'll be back with our friends from FanDuel TV. Looking forward to that. Good job by the Wargon Warrior, who, by the way, House, gave me a stellar recommendation for ice cream at Penn State, the creamery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, famous. World famous. famous. Peach ice cream. I I'm still salivating over it. It was like the biggest portion of ice cream I've ever had in my life, and it, it was needed after the night of Friday night boozing <laughs> at, at champs, man, trying to keep up with those college kids. Still hurting after that, boys. That's, still that's a young man's game, JJ. That's a young man's game. You ain't kidding, man. <laughs> we ain't that young anymore. For Joe House, Raheem Palmer, John Jastrzemski signing off. Good job, Wargon Warrior. We're back on Wednesday morning. Be good, everybody. <laughs>